Uh, what up, y'all? Sorry, I just dropped my phone. I know that's not pretty professional of me, but screw it. We're going to keep going. But uh, this is your boy, Jay, and this is Jay Walking the Podcast. Uh, what I've been thinking about doing is having kind of the street where uh, sneakers portion be the first thing and then have sports be the secondary. Uh, just because it's not not like extremely tough to find sports stuff, but, you know, kind of gets the juices going once I talk about something that's still going on right now as far as sneakers. Not, you know, that's not really anything being sort of delayed. I mean, releases wise and um, yeah, here and there they're delayed, but not in the sense of uh, it's been a hundred plus days since the last game of basketball has been played. So it's a little bit tougher to get engaged in that. But regardless, here we are. It's summertime, and what are you doing besides chilling at your crib? I don't know. None of my business, really. Just hopefully you wear a mask and wear, uh, you know, not, I mean, you can wear gloves, wear your mask, uh, hand sanitizer. Just be safe and sanitary out there. It's really crazy what we got going on. But regardless, summertime is here, so you're going to need those summer fits even if you're just flexing at the crib. So here we go. I got my top five summer essentials right here. Y'all ready? Let's get it. So my first one, and this is just me regardless if it was summer or not, I just got to have it on me. I got to have a nice pair of shorts. And this is just essential because we live in, well, I live in Arizona, and it is hot as shit. Stupid hot out here. So you probably wear pants maybe like uh, three months out of the whole year. And even at that, there are times you could even just pull off wearing shorts the entire year. I'm not the one to do it, but I'm pretty close to it. So for me, I got to have a pair of comfortable shorts. What I've been on lately is these Nike, Nike woven shorts that they've come out uh, probably last year or so. Um, I have a kind of green and a Dodger blue colorway of these, but I'm looking to really get more because they're lightweight, good material on them, and it gives off kind of this vintage look with it. Not, It's not like a tight John Stockton, you know, revealing all your thigh type of look, but it's also not baggy like Nelly and Soldier Boy. So it's that it's that good in between where it gives a baggy but short look per se. I don't know if that makes sense, but if you get a pair, then you'll you'll see how it looks. Um but yeah, those are fantastic. I love those. Price point is a little steep to be honest with you. It's at 45 bucks, but uh on sneaker Twitter, there's always uh links where you can find a pair for 30, sometimes even 15 bucks depending on the colorway. I saw like a neon green colorway the other day go for like uh, 15 bucks on Dick's Sporting Goods. So that's always a good one uh, just to just to have in the arsenal, for real. They got so many colorways, and it really does not fail in any sort of situation that you're in. Some alternatives, if you, you know, want to spice things up or you're like, eh, I don't want to pay too much, then here we go. Mitchell and Ness. Of course, I'm going to say that because I'm a sports fan. Who doesn't like 
living out their hoop dreams in a pair of basketball shorts, you know, like like the players do. Sometimes I want to think that I'm LeBron and dunk on somebody's head with some Lakers shorts now. Like, it's no biggie. And I'm able to do that because they provide these crazy, crazy good quality uh, retro shorts that, my God, like, I hoop in those. I wear them out, uh, wear them at the crib. And they're just perfect. I mean, those are probably the most versatile uh, basketball shorts. I mean, mind you, it's teams that are involved in it. So colorways can get in the way of some things. But, shoot, just put on some slides and you're good. You kind of like outfitted for whatever sort of little pool party you got in your backyard uh, with 10 people because it better not be more. But, yeah, for sure, Mitchell and Ness always has great shorts. I mean, the shorts that are always in high demand are the Bulls or Lakers. But you can always find some steals. For me, I like the Raptors colorways. I always like the Vancouver Grizzlies, where it's like that crazy teal. They just got so many so many dope teams involved in that. So I would definitely check that out. And if you're looking for a cheaper alternative, bruh, I don't know if it's still going on, but when quarantine was first hitting, these stores were going a little crazy, just like everyone else. So they were having like a 50% off sale on all the swimwear and trunks. And I think they really thought that, I mean, I have a pool, so it's different or, you know, I'm outside regardless, like working out and stuff. But I just think that they thought that their sales would really, really plummet. And they probably have, you know, that's not to my knowledge that I know about like the numbers involved, but 50% off all the swimwear and everything turned out to be a $15 trunks. Uh, And these trunks are super, super comfortable. When for me, I always like get the little scissors and snip out the inner lining. I just can't deal with it. It's like a weird, uh, swimwear diaper type of feel i'm not with that so i cut that out cut the material out and those shorts they fit perfect they have hella 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 colorways i was on the site and there's probably like 30 plus colorways for real so i got a kind of teal looking one a burgundy a navy a black and a gray and double down on black because black shorts are are essential uh whether it's winter, fall, summer, spring, does not matter. Black shorts for president. But yeah, those shorts kill it. Would cop those, would cop the Nike Wovens or the Mitchell Ness. Just depends on your price point, what you're looking for in some shorts. And honestly, what you see yourself wearing every day. That's really what it comes down to because you want to get your money's worth out of any of these that you pay for. The second essential, kind of head ass with it, but it's going to be the baseball cap. You, I just started getting back into baseball caps. I mean, I wasn't, I haven't played baseball since high school, which was probably four years ago. And back then, I was wearing a hat like every day. I was wearing a fitted every day, even like despite my hair whether I had a fade or I had a long mohawk, whatever, I was just always wearing a cap and it didn't bother me. 
but for some reason when I got to college I just I just kind of stopped and um luckily my hair blossomed and came all curly and nice but you know now with quarantine going on you can't be suited and booted every day that's just facts I was getting a haircut every week and you know when you don't get that it's it's a little tough so baseball cap is there for you for me I have a beard and it connects pretty good not like you know the craziest coldest beard ever but it does its job so it makes me look like um semi-decent still with the cap on and for me that does a job honestly I was used to getting haircuts every week now I'm okay missing out a couple weeks on not getting a haircut but I it still bothers me just a bit but it's okay if I have a hat on um and I mean baseball it's baseball it's the summertime when you think of summertime you think of baseball hot dogs grilling you know sodas pool everything like that you know some sandlot stuff so you gotta you gotta go in that direction and I mean, for me personally, I've even gotten into people who are designing and putting their own flavor into these caps. And shout out my boy, uh, Lord Fubu. You can find him on Instagram and he creates like the craziest hats. Those, the stitching on it is just, it's nuts. The quality, everything that goes involved, like into that process is just insane. You got to check it out. So it's way higher than a normal cap would be. But for me, if you know what a one-man team or a small business is doing, I have no problem in paying whatever sort of amount. Uh, There's also another place on Instagram called Yote City. They come out with some exclusives too. I've gotten like a Kobe Bryant little Muppets uh, finger hat, and that was super dope. A Kobe Bryant stitched LA hat. Um, Yeah, those... Those are killer. Again, way more expensive, but uh, shoot, if you support small businesses, then you should be looking into that. And if not, then, and and you're not into fitteds necessarily, dad caps are for everyone. Girls can wear dad caps. Kids can wear dad caps. Um, grown men, I mean, it's, it's essential. I wear a dad cap every Saturday when I go to work because I'm out in the sun. Got to cover your face with your mask on so you just get that full non-tan whatever going on. You don't got to deal with everything like that. Uh, Just wearing a cap. So, yeah, definitely got to have a baseball cap. That's the second essential. The third essential, which I'm a little late to the party, just a little. Well, not really, but it's vintage shirts. Vintage shirts in the summertime are a blessing because if you're able to find that cheap piece that stays in your collection and you're able to wear it X amount of times, you already got your money's worth doing that. Like vintage shirts are God level tier if you're able to find that perfect fit and just everything involved with it. The print, the fit, quality. Uh, even the wash, you just have all that entailed. It turns into a unique piece where people will ask you, oh, where'd you get that? Or, oh, where'd you find that at? 
And just knowing that you're not going to be able to go to no H&M or Forever 21 and maybe you could get something similar, but it's never going to be that same shirt. So vintage shirts are definitely, definitely an essential. Regardless, honestly, regardless of season, but I'm on it uh, in the summertime, especially because I think it's it's a really cool dynamic when you mix in that vintage piece with that um, Mitchell and Ness or Nike shorts. It just looks super classic and you don't look like you're overly doing it because although I do talk about sneakers, uh, streetwear and stuff like that, I'll be the first to tell you I am not one of these people who are out here wearing all Bape or Gucci or anything like that. That's not me. Will never be me unless someone you know, gives me a fat bag, then I'm with it. But, you know, otherwise, nah, that's not for me. But the vintage shirt gets the job done. And honestly, if you're able to invest and get a dope piece, it's almost like sneakers in a sense where you pay, you know, a high amount, but you know, you could get your wares in, you could get your fits in, and you're able to sell it trade it, do whatever, and get your money back, really. It's it's a good investment piece to have. And some of the most popular shirts, again, are the you know Michael Jordan retro vintage little shirts, uh, Bulls, Lakers. Then you're going to have your classic band, rap, rock tees that are just, yeah, those are our ultimate bangers. And if you're able to get that right print, then uh, it'll work out in the end, I promise you. The fit will be dope. And if you're done wearing it, then go ahead and sell it and get another piece. That's the whole joy in this is that you can flip and keep going about your business like nothing really happened. <laughs> but yeah, vintage shirts aren't essential. I go to AZ Thread, uh, Wang's Vintage. Uh, also AZ Vintage Apparel, and those are all separate price ranges, investment pieces, uh, even just kind of styles that they all got, but definitely check all those places out. They're all dope. They all contain some pretty dope gear, so shout out to them. The fourth piece, uh, it's a little biased because I do love the NBA, but you got to have like an NBA jersey doesn't matter it just doesn't matter like i mean you saw beyonce she was wearing that i wasn't it like a derrick rose piece in that music video well either way like you know just nba jerseys are fire and right now no better time gets rid of that awkward tan that you got going on with your arms uh if you if you buff you kind of flex it out make it look dope and even then, it doesn't hurt because I get a little sad knowing that the NBA isn't with us right now to throw on, you know, you throw on that jersey and you just feel like you a part of something bigger. And I know that when I wear my LeBron one, I'm like, yup, I'm goaded. I <laughs> just playing. I don't want anyone coming at my head, but y'all know that's my boy. Uh, yeah, but you definitely got to have an NBA jersey. Now, prior to this whole COVID thing, NBA jerseys were perfect for any sort of occasion in the summertime. 
whether you want to go with your frat friends out to ASU, don't know why. Um, not really into that um, when people don't know who's on their jersey. But, I mean, go and, go and get your gear. Then, uh, yeah, wearing a jersey. Uh, you go to a pool party, wear a jersey. You have a little kickback at your crib with family and friends, wear your jersey. You going out to, you know, watch some playoff basketball, wear your jersey. I mean, it's just you you can find it anywhere. Just don't be that person who goes to, like, the gym and be hooping up in a jersey because that's, like, really, really awkward and weird. I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> so you just look, I don't know, it looks super, super awkward and reminds me of, like, a like a Theo who's still trying to hoop and get his shit on, but it's, like, uh, it's not the same, bro. Like, just weird. Anyways, NBA jerseys, always fuego. For me, my arsenal right now has got to be uh, my awful sons. I love them, but uh, I don't know what's going on with them. Could I have Luca? Could I have Trey Young? Could I have Gannis? I don't know. A bunch of people down the line. Don't want to talk about it. But always rep them. Uh, Got to have a LeBron jersey. And finally, just Kobe. You know, shout out to uh, my guy AZ Thread. Even before all this all happened, and he uh, got me with the Kobe jersey for a really good price. That was that was back then, and I just have it hung up in my room. But uh, I was able to pick up a couple others for a decent price before people started price gouging on on it, which is sad. But um, yeah, so gotta have your Lakers, Suns. Uh, even Bulls, not a not a big fan of MJ like that to be rocking his jersey, but you could do it. That's always one. And then finally, you know this is about sneakers, man. You thought I was really going to leave all sneakers? Like, that's my life. You got to have some good summer sneakers. So depending on where you want to go with this, I would say that if you want to go hype, Sakai's are great for the summer. The Spiridons that just came out with Stussy are great for the summer. Um, they even have some uh, without the whole Stussy branding with it that are really dope. And they're on sale. Uh, those are really dope. Can't go wrong with Ultra Boost. Those have been going on sale lately too. And not like the whack colorways, but just the 2.0 all whites. I got them for like one fifteen, and retail is usually like two hundred bucks with the taxes and everything included. But I got it for one fifteen, so that was the ultimate steal, and that's been like my workout shoe. Big blessing. Um, but yeah, okay. So hype. Sorry about that. Hype. You can always go Sakai's, Stussy Spiridons, and your Travis Scott two seventies. But if you want to go on the medium side, always good to get a Jordan 1. Now, again, you're going to be on my head and say, oh, my God, Jordan 1s are hella expensive. Last Dance made them shits go up. Okay, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, I mean, the recent ones, Pine Greens, um, the UNC to Chicago colorway, the Royal Toes and the Court Purples have all been kind of decent prices. They haven't been like 
absurd, absurd, at least to my knowledge. That was the last last time I looked those up was probably a couple weeks ago, but I don't think it's fluctuated that insane. Those are always a good little median to be in between. And then you got some dunks. Dunks are back. And mind you, I'm not going to pay $1,000 for a Travis Scott dunk. I had them, but I'm not going to do it again. And I'm not going to pay like 15 for a Strange Love or, a, or Ben and Jerry's. I mean, maybe a Ben and Jerry's if someone throws me a good price. Let me know. But I'm not going to do it, okay? Um, just off the bat like that. There's always other great colorways. I mean, the Champs colorway is coming out. The red, well, kind of the UNLV little look is coming out. Or St. John's, whatever they want to call it. Um, they have the Brazils the Syracuse, and the Kentucky Dunks all come out. The prices have been fluctuating upwards, but it's not insane like those. So I would I would still look into those. And then, of course, if you're just like super low-key, you don't want to get something that's in any of those price ranges, but you still kind of want to be swaggy, Vans. Vans are always a good look for me. Um, I picked up a pair of the checkerboards. You really can't go wrong with that. That's classic. There's nothing wrong with it. Just wear it the right way. Don't wear it all goofy. You'll look perfectly fine with any sort of fit, really. Or I just got these uh, kind of cheetah print uh, Anaheim factory ones. Uh, they're a little tougher to get. I had to search around the web for them, but those are definitely some bangers. Uh, even the kind of old school model with the higher platform that uh rude did those are super dope i know that the rude collab uh, probably went up in price but that model exactly uh probably isn't nearly as much i remember seeing those at like arizona mills so yeah you can definitely cop some vans just wear them right don't be out here getting no goofy colorways or wearing them all weird just don't do that but it's fine to wear those so yeah, that's going to be my summer essentials. Again, hit up those people, look up those people on my Instagram. Uh, small businesses, I'll, I'll always care and rock with them. Shout out to my boy Edgar. Uh, we're going to get something cooking soon. And yeah, you guys got to go check them out for real, for real. Summertime essentials, let's get it. I'm your host, Jay. Uh, before we get into the sports segment, I just want to uh, shout out to all the protesters who have been leading the way uh, for our rights um, in all those areas. I'm not with the looters or anything with you know that sort of organization. I think that's a totally different organization, but the peaceful protests and those who are out there um, creating uh, change in our communities and in our in our country, I salute you and thank you so much for all that you've done. Okay, getting back to uh, the sports segment, where do I start? So I was thinking before I had even started the podcast of all the concepts and 
even though there hasn't been sports, there's been a lot of a lot of big things that have gone on since we've last talked. I mean, mind you, that was probably like seven months ago, but still. So it's a lot of stuff. Now, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to save some of that uh, talk and everything uh, from certain points of quarantine uh, for later episodes. But honestly, what was getting me through quarantine was the last dance. So I almost have to bring that up. All right. And let me just give you some background into what I was doing during quarantine. So the first couple weeks, not going to lie, it was pretty bad. I was out here drinking uh, during weekdays, and I don't even do that for no apparent reason. Uh, Barely was working out and just didn't have the sort of motivation. I was like entirely sad about everything I'd gotten cut from the Diamondbacks and, you know, graduation was just not the way that I wanted it to be. You know, that's with every student who was graduating this year. Um, and just, just a lot of other things combined with that. But finally, LeBron spoke and said, I know that that documentary is done y'all need to release it. And they answered and said, okay, we got you. Five weeks, two parts every Sunday. Let's go. And for me, uh, LeBron's always going to be my GOAT. Doesn't matter. And then MJ, Kobe can switch here and there. But it's just LeBron. Anyways, I, I I still love the game, so I'm going to watch it regardless. And I think what the documentary provides you, because I, I didn't I didn't really like hearing people say, well, I already knew that. I mean, that stuff did happen 20 plus years ago. Well, no, duh. It's a documentary for a reason. <laughs> like, of course, you're going to know little things, but you're not going to know the whole story or see it directly from these people. Um, and their firsthand accounts with some of the footage that they had was remarkable to even bring up and uh, have mastered in this day and age to not look all grainy and like gross. It was really crazy to go basically backstage with the Chicago Bulls of the uh, 1990s. So I just think that that's, that's incredible. Uh, documentary wise and then i also thought it was really cool how they had the documentary go back and forth i think that kind of juxtaposition from when you're starting or you're looking out with mj's career and he's thinking about retirement 1998 right after that season it's over for him but then you transition back and see what really got him to where he was at and they do that with some other players too on there, Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen. Uh, it was just, it was great. And it really got me motivated to see um, just the hard work and dedication that one puts into their craft. You know, that's that's Mamba mentality, that's MJ, that's Braun. All those guys got that. They, uh, 
their profession, what they want to do. They don't want to be good. They want to be great. They want to be legendary. And to see firsthand what it really took for MJ to get to that level and hear him come out and say, yeah, I, I was you know, an, an asshole to my teammates, but it's because I wanted I wanted them to get more. You know, I wanted them to be a part of something big, not just ride on whatever sort of success that I was providing them. And that's fair. You know, I think, sure, people have different ways of leading a team, whether it's sports or not. But either way, uh, it got the job done. I mean, six rings in a decade is that that's tough. And to go six and no in those tough I will say his competition was not, I don't know, That's maybe that's old heads, but I'm just saying LeBron was out here facing uh, Curry and those guys for like four or five years straight. So that's obviously going to damage whatever sort of record you have as opposed to um, John Stockton and Carl Malone, them two alone. I don't know, but not not trying to bring up LeBron. We're just going to talk MJ and Last Dance. What I did find really cool, though, I'm, I'm going to have some key points and, and really some moments within the documentary that were dope for me to see was, one, you already know I'm going to bring up the Jordan-Nike birth that came out of this. I mean, both of them really emerged as powerhouses because of their partnership and everything that led to it. Really dope to see how uh, the marketing um, tactics and everything that went into trying to even get Michael Jordan to jump on the team Nike because he wasn't even attracted to the organization at all. He wanted to be an Adidas guy or a Converse guy, no Nike, but Nike said, hey, we'll throw you a signature shoe and you get a good grip of money for being a rookie. He said, well, shit, I'm going to do it. Shout out to Mama Jordan. She made that happen. Uh, I think we got, as sneakerheads and sports fanatics, we all got to shout her out because I think if you put Michael Jordan on a different company, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's a star, but does he have the same impact? And people can say, well, yeah, you know, this and that. But let's be real. Like, you know Kobe because of his Nike line. Sure, like, his he had a line with Adidas, but it wasn't like, boom, popping. You know? Um, Kevin Durant, powerhouse for Nike. Irving, you know, Kyrie Irving's a powerhouse for Nike. LeBron's there, too. It changes the whole trajectory of the company and the way you look at certain things. I just don't know if any sort of company was that much of a risk taker to go through all the all the hurdles that came with signing a young Michael Jordan at first. I don't I don't know if any company would be in that that range to really go and do such things. But that was such a dope segment to see. And see just how the Jordan one really stood out and created a name for itself within pop culture. Um, And 
for him to not even like that shoe and think about going to Adidas again and Tinker Hatfield just kind of reviving the line again and working on it with him for X amount of years. Uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. And if you don't have that within the story, I think you're missing a big portion of why people want it to be Mike in the first place. And that's another thing, too, is like, man, when I was watching the documentary, I was stacking up on MJ shoes because uh, you got to. Nah, I mean, I'm not a reseller, but sometimes I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta flip. I gotta flip. I gotta make some money. And I was putting my money towards uh, some Jordans and stuff. Now, everything skyrocketed and people were buying at that price. Luckily, I kind of jumped on it right before and was able to make a quick couple bucks and ended up picking a couple pairs of Chicago ones that just, uh, good luck with that. That's like $2,000. That's insane um, that it even got to that point. Shouldn't even be there. But yeah. Um so that goes up. Vintage Bulls wear goes up. Mitchell Ness Bulls stuff goes up. It's insane. He's an icon, and I think you miss a big part of, of all that if you don't bring up how good Michael Jordan looked in his shoes. And every single one of them. Like, okay, well, during the Bulls era, please don't. Don't be like, Oh, what about Washington? Okay, I don't, I don't know about any of that. His shoes were kind of like a little wonky then, but they were they were trying to push boundaries. I think when you look at the line, um, you know, one through fourteen, you really get to see storytelling being implemented into shoes, and the the transition between court and lifestyle was there as well. Um, yeah, and it's, it's just really crazy when they go into depth on that. So I really love that part. And even, I mean, again, there's some things within the, the story of Michael Jordan and the Bulls that you can't, you cannot not bring up, if that makes sense. It, you have to bring up his play. I mean... The guy was a lethal scorer. When you're looking at his numbers and then seeing the way he was playing, he was like jumping, jumping, jumping. Early years, he was just out here dunking on everybody in their head. But he knew that that wasn't going to win. And Phil knew that, so they had to change. I mean, from the old coach going on to Phil, they had to change their ways, implemented the triangle, and the rest is history. I mean, but seriously, he's got to be one of the deadliest mid-range shooters of all time. And now that the mid-range is kind of lost, it, it it's really dope to see how someone could maneuver and get to their spot and just shoot with ease like that. You don't really see that. You see these guys who are like, you know, ISO dribbles to three or laying it up. Now, he got to his spot, hit the fader, cash money. You got to bring that up. You got to bring up the play of the Bulls. And shout out to Scottie Pippen. He was basically a point forward back then. That's that's kind of nuts. I really didn't like analyze the way that he played, but he doesn't get a lot of the credit. So it's it's really cool to see how he was kind of the prototype 
I mean, you always get Magic Johnson, of course, but he was for sure, for sure, a point guard just in a big body. Uh, Scotty was the more athletic, uh, small forward who transitioned, point guard, set up his guys, you know. It was a little different, but um, again, we can't go without talking about the GOAT. That's Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Yo, Dennis Rodman was out here big wilding on on the whole documentary, and I loved it because he's just like wildcat, like wild card. You don't you don't even know what to expect from him, and it's it's cool to see that a guy like that was able to make his mark and put himself in the Hall of Fame simply by doing what he knows best. And what what he knew best. Like, he wasn't out here trying to be something that he wasn't. He knew how to play defense, get some boards, and hook up his guys. Like, he wasn't about scoring. He he wasn't about dribbling. He'd go up there, do your job, do your thing. He was all business when he was on the court. I mean, his shit off the court was (laughs) phenomenal. That, That was funny. He had some funny quotes on there. He was wild, and I love to see that. And now he's kind of getting a reemergence in the pop culture frame. Uh, I don't like that his uh, vintage shirts are going upwards of like seven hundred dollars or more, and it's like, oh, that's crazy, crazy, crazy. I would not pay that. I mean, they're dope, but damn, y'all waxing. Um. Jerseys are going up. Everything's going up. It's it's cool to see just how unique and different each Bulls player um, was and what they brought to the table. You get a really good insight as to what makes a team so successful and what keeps them together throughout all the drama, all the bullshit. It's dope. It's dope, and it's dope to see that that was in a time where things weren't really going anybody's way, really. But to just know that, hey, we can keep fighting, we can keep pushing, and shit may not look good right now, but we're going to get through this. And I truly believe that. You know, sports sports always holds a, a great place in my heart. And, again, just seeing someone who's able to Go above and beyond, knowing that it's not what you do on the field. It's it's the stuff prior to that. It's the work you put in prior to that, mentally and physically, that allows you to play at such a high level or perform at such a high level. Uh, I think it's a great inspiration. I think it's a great sports documentary. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. And I guess with that, it kind of brings up another segment in my mind that I was also thinking about. Who would be a great candidate for another 10-part series? Like, could be really any sport. I kind of want I kind of want to hear your guys' feedback. Of course, like for me, I'm going to say uh Kobe and Shaq years. I know they had that sit down, but I that would have been really dope to see that uh, there was also one that 
they're saying is in the works where they followed Kobe throughout his last season. That'd be super dope too um, to kind of go back and forth. I think LeBron's whole career, I, I just have one problem with LeBron. It's it's a single guy and his teammates fluctuate. They, they're changing. And I don't know if I really want to hear some insight from like Mo Williams or Zogalskis. <laughs> like for real, nah, I'm not, I don't know if I'm trying to really hear that. Uh, so it's it's a little, it's a different situation, I think. Wherever he goes, he's the system. And I mean, rightfully so. I don't think you should have a problem with LeBron being the system because he provides all the tools necessary. But I don't know if I would really want to see that. Uh, they'd have to format in a different way to make me feel intrigued. Even if it was like the Heat era, there wasn't that much drama with it. So I don't know. I wouldn't really want to see that. Uh, baseball just did the Ken Griffey documentary, and that was nuts. That was so dope. Uh, even if you guys aren't into baseball, Pharrell, go and check that out. Promise you, you learn a bunch of things. Uh, you also see what it really brought culturally to both the game of baseball and, you know, the country, really. But it, it, it was really like the Michael Jordan of baseball. Ken Griffey really was. I mean, when I was when I was playing, I would always have my hat on backwards if I was doing batting practice just because of him because he was so dope. Like, he just pulled it off. You know, no one does that. And he, he was the kid, you know, Jay the Kid. That's what you could find me under. I, I try and live my life the same way. He goes about smiling, handling his business. He's a baller. He's a player. He's dope. Y'all got to check that one out. That, that one is for real nuts. That's a good one. Um, I'm glad that they did that one because I, I really would have brought that one up too. Uh, if it weren't. Oh, NFL. I mean, shoot. There's a bunch of guys you could do NFL-wise. Well, kind of. I don't. I don't think the marketing ability of the NFL is anywhere near the strength that it is for the NBA or MLB. I think those guys highlight their players significantly. Uh, there's only so many stars in the NFL that have like you hear about their stories and then you're like, oh, I'm hooked onto it. Like Patrick Mahomes, you don't really know his story. Like. Do you? You know he's a baller, but do you know his story? Do you know Lamar Jackson's story like that? I don't know. Maybe because they're young guys, we'd have to wait and see and see how their legacies go because you can't you can't just put that on. But if if Patrick Mahomes for real is going up in the trajectory that he is, shoot, he's gonna be go off tops. That's just me. He's the most talented quarterback forever and you could quote me on that like dude's got a cannon he still be mobile um he's he's just a master master at his craft so maybe him down the line uh people are gonna bring up tom brady i just don't know i don't know that would i be intrigued to see him and bill belichick bill belichick is kind of a boring coach he doesn't he doesn't get any sort of 
intimate interaction that you get from like a Phil, you know, I don't see that. He's like he's like a Greg Popovich. They like cold shoulder the media, so you don't really know how they are. So I don't know, but let me know. You know, if anything, you guys hit me up. Take a screenshot of you listening to this segment, and then hit me up with some ideas on a documentary you would like to see come to life. Even if it is a Kobe and Shaq one, just post it, and I'll I'll repost it. And by vote, I think that. I'm going to go to the NBA and be like, let's make this happen ASAP (laughs) if I had that kind of power. But, yeah, that's the sports segment. I just wanted to talk about Last Dance, and I know it's kind of all over the place, but really that's really how COVID's been. It's been having everyone's emotions all over the place and just knowing that at least the key theme is perseverance and determination. Can't take those two away. And understanding the roots and where our game has grown and prospered from. A lot of people take inspiration from one single individual. So it's really dope to see all that come into fruition and on our screens every Sunday. Kind of miss it. ESPN, NFL, NBA, MLB, something. I need something on Sundays again. (laughs) Thank y'all. Well, this is uh this is the end of a great comeback. We back in it, boys. I'm hyped, I'm ready to go. Um low key looking to get um uh, like a little adapter for this mic that I have. I might even be streaming because I kinda got the setup, but not really. Uh figure out camera wise. But shoot, we just gonna go global with this anyways. Um yeah, so you can expect me to be on your podcast little supporter every Wednesday looking to get some guests I'm gonna hit some people up uh want to hear their stories for the whole street where sports anything you know I think it's always good to get some insight from others and kind of see their perspective sometimes I kind of come off and be dominant with my with my perspective but just knowing that there's some that differ and Hearing their their stuff can really change how my mind works anyways, and that'd, that'd be cool with me. So uh, thank you guys for supporting this. Again, I'm your host, Jay Walkin, and this – oh, shit, I messed up. But I don't got time to really be correcting myself. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Peace out, y'all. See y'all next week. <laughs>